Here we go, They're seven seconds. Deep. Berkovici, he's just going to air it out deep downfield, and uh, no white shirts around. Oh, it's it's gone. Gone. Gone for a touchdown. It doesn't get any better than this. What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. This is part two of our MLB season preview. Uh, maybe you listened to the AL first. Maybe you, this is the first one you're listening to. Either way, welcome to the podcast. Um, if you've never listened to these MLB previews before, we're basically going to go through every single team, division by division, rank them how we think the standings will go, um, and kind of just dive into some of the logistics of this of this uh, league moving forward. When I say we... I mean, myself, and I mean, my guest, Noah McGrugland. Noah, how are you doing this morning? Doing good. Still sick, but that's okay, because I already did one, so I can do another. Absolutely, and we're recording this uh, the morning of opening day. We got to get it done somewhat fast enough so we can check out what we're starting at 8.57. The first game started about 10? Probably like 10.08. 10.08, so... Gotta gotta move with some conviction, all right. Uh, so let let's get right into it. We'll start with the NL East. Who do you have at the bottom of the NL East? I have uh, the nation's capitals team, the Washington Nationals. I have them winning sixty three games. Uh, they got Joey Manessis, a uh, good friend of the pod. Not really, pod. but we are we are we are big Joey Manessis guys here. Uh, they got some. Guys at the at the bottom of the lineup, pretty young bats. Uh, they have a little bit of a little bit of young blood in the pitching, but the Nationals aren't constructed to win games. But I think you could agree with uh, the sentiment of, you know, this is one of the rare teams in the league that I don't think is trying to win, but we're not mad at them for it because they won four years ago. <laughs> exactly, it's not like. It's not like it, it's not like the A's where the A's have actively been tearing it down consistently. They won. And they're in ownership hell too. I think their owner yeah. just died, and like the family wants to sell, and so yeah, it's yeah. Um, they get I a pass. Have, yeah, I yeah, I think it's fair for to give them a pass. I also have the Nationals in last. They're like you mentioned, Joey Manessas. It'll be interesting to see what he has for an encore. It looked pretty. Pretty good in the World Baseball Classic. He was tearing it up last year. Like, after the trade deadline, he was the guy. It's like you didn't even notice Juan Soto was gone because Joey Manessas just slid into that role perfectly. Um, and then from there, there aren't really any proven commodities in the lineup. You look at young guys, as in, you know, second baseman Luis Garcia, uh, it Ruiz behind the plate, who they just gave an extension to, kind of one of those buyout some of the Arbiers and hope that, you know, he'll develop and get kind of a steal. And CJ Abrams, for big part of the uh, Juan Soto trade. There are a lot of intriguing young players. Um, and one guy I'm looking forward to just getting consistent at bats is Dom Smith. Dom Smith has had a weird career, but he, he's slotted in. I believe he's hitting fourth today. I'm interested to see if he has a weird resurgence, especially – when they go to to Queens and play the Mets. The rotation, Patrick Corbin starting opening day is just hilarious. You're, the two guys you're really looking at there is Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore. Those are young guys that they're hoping can be fixtures in the rotation for many years. Uh, Got to stay healthy with Gore. He's dealt with injury issues. Gray, 
Uh, Gray, we've seen some shade six. Both these guys were regarded as pretty highly noted prospects and have shown these flashes. It'll it'll be interesting to see what they get in getting bulk inning. So I have I have the Nationals in last. Like Noah said, I'm not. It's hard to hate on them exactly for the way that they've torn it down. Obviously, trading Soto's unfortunate, but it's a reality of the business. They won the World Series. He didn't seem to have interest in their offers. It kind of is what it is. And it's better than doing what the Angels are going to do with Otani and just letting him walk. Yeah. Um. So we move to the Mar. Do uh, we move to fourth? Who do you have in fourth? The Marlins. The Marlins. Uh, who could have guessed? Um. They're a weird team. I feel like they've just been stuck in the loop of we have a good farm system, but we can't win since they decided to trade all their bats. And now they got some bats back. I mean, they paid a hefty price for Luisa Rise, but I guess that's what you can do when you have the luxury of having the pitching depth that they have at both the major and the minor league level. So I don't think I would have chosen Luis Arise if I was Kim Ang as the hitter to go out and trade Pablo Lopez for. Because I think there's a lot of guys that you probably could have traded Pablo Lopez for. But they decided to go with Luis Arise. And it makes sense. He has home run upside in that ballpark. Like, you know, I think if Luis Arise could have a perfect ballpark for a home run swing of his, that's the perfect ballpark. Um, There's fun pitching. There is arguably the best pitcher in baseball from a whole body of work standpoint, you're almost guaranteed to get 200 innings from Sandy Alcantara, maybe more. Um, But I have them winning 72 games. I don't see the playoffs with this team. Uh, I could see them winning more than 72, but the Marlins are the Marlins. Yeah. I also have the Marlins in fourth. They're in, they really are an interesting team because they've this offseason they shifted most of their philosophy towards getting uh contact first bats. You saw that in acquiring Luis Arise, he does have some power potential, like you said, but generally you think of him as a contact guy, he'll hit 300, get on base at a high rate. Sign Gene Segura, who that's similar, he's a contact guy. Um, you you know, getting uh, Joey Wendell is someone that again is more contact over power, but then they kind of supplement that with Jorge Soler, uh, a little bit obviously, Garcia, Brian Dela Cruz. Um, signing Yuli Guriel was interesting because he's another primarily contact guy, but there's some upside. We've seen big years from him before, and then of course, you talk about Jazz Chisholm, that's that's the guy they need. Jazz Chisholm, it's a successful year if you get a Full, healthy season of Jazz Chisholm. Let's just say 130 games. Take 130 games. Jazz Chisholm, he was, I mean, he was absolutely tearing it up last year before before he got injured. It's it, We just deserve to see a full year of Jazz Chisholm. He's so exciting. He definitely has some flaws. You know, he, he can't really hit lefties, but he's just, he has such a sweet swing, can absolutely crush the ball fast can play the out you know we're seeing him play the outfield he the game it's it's gonna be fun i mean i'm super excited to see what he can do and then you talked about the rotation the rotation at the top sandy alcantara is as good as they come even even if the you know era regresses a little bit you're gonna get 
200 innings out of him, which already makes him one of the most valuable players in the league. And then it's a bunch of high upside guys. Trevor Rogers looking for a bounce back. Um, you have Edward Cabrera possibly getting a full season of work at the big league level. Jesus Lazardo. And then they sign the veteran Johnny Cueto. And then you look at the prospects and they are running rampant. Yeah, there is definitely, it's easy to see a future, you know, future success with this team. It's just in a stacked division with, it's just, they don't really have, it's not standout on either side. Like I like that rotation, but still behind Sandy, there's not exactly anyone that I feel confident is going to shove. Bullpens, you know, bullpens all right. But overall, it's just a very kind of average team in a tough division. So I I think they'll land him fourth. I think they could, you know, be a a sleeper team in terms of like a trap matchup for some of these top teams in the NL East. Because the lineup is interesting left to be talked about. It's contact, but then there's a lot of the swing and miss, but the swing and miss comes with the power. Yeah. I get like I'm, like the swing and miss has a lot of power in this lineup. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 also fascinated to see the defense because you move Jazz to center. It's not going to be very good. It you arise. It seems like they're going to play at second, which means Segura is going to shift to the left side, and then first I guess you're going Cooper or Guriel. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Uh, I don't think it'll yeah. be. The difference between them winning the World Series or having the worst record in baseball, but I, it's definitely worth noting. Um, so with that, let's go to third place. The Phillies. Um, what a story last year. What a team last year. Uh, the city leaned into it. It had been 13 years, I believe. Was it 13? Since they'd made the playoffs. They went all the way to the World Series, falling two games short, losing in six. And uh, they're looking to run it back this year. But the baseball gods have not been on their side, have they? Uh, Reese Hoskins, out for the year. Bryce Harper, they knew he'd be out for a while, but still, the fact is, he's out for a while. Ranger Suarez starts the year on the IL. Um, The Phillies, man, they have... Some of the best starting pitchers at the top of the rotation, and they have some of the best hitters at the top of their lineup. But you see it, I see it. The four through nine in the lineup and the three through five in the rotation. I just I don't know what this team. I I don't know what the Phillies. Well, I mean, what do you think? I have them winning eighty five games, but I, I don't know about this team, man. It's such a big bag. I also have the Phillies in third. And you look at the lineup, you add Captain America, Trey Turner coming off of a fantastic uh, WBC run. I think he'll, you know, continue to do Trey Turner things. He's a fun blend, contact, speed, power. He's a guy, you love him at the top of your lineup. JT Romuto, He's been consistently the best or close to the best catcher. I don't see a reason that that will fall off. Kyle Schwarber, he's one of the one of the premier power bats in the sport. I I love him. He's you know you don't want him necessarily playing the field too much, but he he is awesome. I love Kyle Schwarber. Uh, Nick Castellanos had a tough year last year, but I buy into the Nick Castellanos. I don't think he's gonna get to the elite hitting production that he had with Cincinnati necessarily, 
but I think he'll he'll be closer to an above average hitter than the way he was just pitifully awful last year. But then past those four, it's a lot of question marks in the lineup. Like, you know, I feel like we've been waiting for, for a step up from Alec Bohm. I think he can be fine. But then from there, it's a lot of guys that aren't you don't love there. I mean, Derek Derek Hall probably gonna start at first for them with Reese Hoskins out. I like that bet though. Yeah, I, I like I think the upside's there with Derek Hall, but I definitely would rather have Reese Hoskins and not have him play, you know, that's going to be a struggle if they're facing a lefty. Um, Bryson Stott, another year of development, but I don't know if I see him as a guy that's ever going to have a plus bat. Brandon Marsh, certainly not. He's there for your defense. Um, Platooning. <laughs> yeah. And it's cool they can run a death lineup with when they when they have a lead at the end of the game, they just acquire Christian Pache. They can run a pretty sick defensive lineup with Marsh and Pache out there. But the lineup, it's thin. And like you said, the rotation, also thin. At the top, though, that's as good of a one-two punch as you're going to find in the sport with Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler. Uh, both, I think, very, very underrated. Zach Wheeler is absolutely dominant with the way that he pushes through and is able to really rack up innings, rack up strikeouts. Aaron Nola, another guy that has just, he's been as consistent as they come, just so solid. Um, but then from there... You mentioned Ranger Suarez is going to start the year on the IL. And as you go down the rotation, I don't love it. Uh, they signed Taiwan Walker. And if you read or have any interest in going to read my article, Breaking Down X-Factors, Taiwan Walker was my pick for the Phillies. And it feels like every year is the same for Taiwan Walker, where he has a pretty good start to the year. And then it's just disastrous. He runs out of gas in the second half. And I just I don't see I don't see it with Walker again. Maybe maybe he'll keep up with that hot start and falter down the end. I just don't think he's he's not someone that I will be paying nearly as much money as they're paying, and I would not I would not want as a fixture in in my rotation. And then you have like Bailey Falter doesn't do much for me. It seems like Matt Strom might possibly get the opportunity to start games, which I'm a big Matt Strom fan, but I don't probably like a bulk like fifty pitch guy. Yeah, which and and. You throw Ranger Suarez back in there, and if you feel a little better about it, but again, it's it, the depth falls off. I like what they and they got some guys in the farm, Painter and Abel, one of those Painter guys. Painter and Abel, up. we'll see, we'll see if they if they make. Painter's up. hurt though, I believe. Yeah, Painter, I believe, is injured. Um, it'll be interesting to see the bullpen. I think the bullpen has gotten a lot better. It still is built on some inconsistent guys, but you have Sir Anthony Dominguez. Uh, they acquired Craig Kimbrell, uh, <laughs> Soto. Have fun. <laughs> Jose Alvarado. The thing with all four of those guys, they're all very similar. They can throw very hard when they're when they're on and have some control. They're tough to hit, but you never really know what you're going to get with that control. It's very, if, it's very <laughs> up and down. Like I think there are some games where with those four, you can get four fantastic innings to end the game. And there's somewhere I think you throw one of them out there and, and it spirals. So it's 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 really fascinating. I'm interested to see how that works because those are all high upside, very volatile relievers. Overall, I think the Phillies are going to love when Bryce Harper is back, but it's going to be interesting to see how they start off the year. I tentatively have them in the playoffs, but it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the Phillies. Who do you have for this division? I have everyone's favorite team. That's about probably the third time I've said someone is everyone's favorite team. But this might be everybody's favorite team. The New York Mets. (laughs) 
uh, what a team, what a fan base. And uh, I think they'll finish in second place. I think they'll win 89 games, but I might be a little more conservative uh, on that with the outlook of the roster going forward, but I'll still give them 89. Um, I don't like the lineup. Uh, I don't. And I don't, I'm interested to see what you have to say about it, but I think Pete Alonso has a really big year. I think Lindor stays at it. After that, I think uh, McNeil will take a step back. Uh, I think we all know what Canna is. He's not really that great in like just normal situations, but when you need him to get on base or when you need a big hit, Canna comes through. So you got to love to have that uh, near the bottom of your lineup. Vogelbach uh, is what he is. He's going to hit righties. He's not going to play against lefties. And then you have the 53-year-old aces, Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. That will be fun to watch, won't it? And then the Japanese pitcher, Kodai Senga. I'm fascinated to see how he adjusts to the major leagues. That should be really fun to watch. Like, I'm going to tune into a Mets game to watch Kodai Senga this year, you know? I'm really looking forward to seeing him pitch. And uh, I'll let you dive into the bullpen, but the bullpen, uh, without Edwin Diaz, I don't know about it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What do you think about – do you have them in second? I have the Mets in second as well. We're starting this off, Chuck. Their lineup – I like, don't love. Considering the amount, you know, the amount of money that they have in it, I'm like, it's it's fine. You mentioned Lindor. I think Lindor is really getting comfortable there. He should have a big year. Pete Alonso does Pete Alonso things. I like Starling Marte, not necessarily as, you know, a, a consistent top flight bat, but he gets on base at a fine rate. He is going to impact the game on the bases. Brandon Nimmo is, is a beautiful leadoff hitter that I think will... You know, I, I, I'm big on Brandon Nimmo. I think Nimmo's good. And then from there, it's a lot of guys where McNeil's going to get – you. I, I'm thinking with McNeil, McNeil's a solid player. He's going to hit for some average. He'll be fine. I, I have no complaints about that. But then you get towards the bottom of the lineup, and Vogelbach is a fine platoon, but a platoon. Mark Canna, like you mentioned, I've always been a big Mark Canna fan – but he's just he's he's gonna get on base, but there's just not a ton of power from there. Uh, Eduardo Escobar, I I'm not high on, and then the catching tandem Narvaez and Nito, <laughs> it's, it's it's okay. I don't know. Overall, it's like it's. I like soft. it. I actually think it's pretty good. I think that's actually a pretty good catching tandem. I think throughout it, it's a fine lineup. It's just when you think about the, this payroll, it doesn't. When I see this lineup, I don't think it's one of the best. I also think it's one that looks slightly better on paper than it actually is. Now, if you throw in Carlos Correa, if you have Carlos Correa in there instead of Eduardo Escobar, that would change everything. But we know that that did not come to fruition. And uh, decent bench, you know, you have Guillaume, LeCastro, Fam. They uh, let go of Darren Ruff. But I don't know. The offense, it's fine on paper, but it's not super exciting. The rotation is awesome. Very cool. Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, ageless wonders. Hopefully they're able to get, you know, healthy seasons out of them. Starting on the injured list, Jose Quintana, one of their their additions. That, unfortunate, will go test their depth a little bit, but not not fatal by any means. And then you mentioned (laughs) Kodai Senga. Doing them a favor. 
yeah, I I love Kodai Senga. He he was able he dominated in the MPB. He throws really hard. He has that ghost fork ball. It, that looks impossible to hit. I don't know how anyone could hit it. It's basically like a splitter, right? Yeah, yeah, it's basically a splitter. Thing for Senga is his control wasn't great in Japan. And we've only he's only thrown over 170 innings twice in his career. So he's I think he's gonna have spurts of greatness, but it'll be interesting. He he's not gonna be successful if he's if he continues to walk guys. And I don't know if you can count on him for 30 starts, but like you said, I'm very excited to watch Kodai Senga pitch. Like I will I will go out of my way to watch Kodai Senga pitch. And then the bullpen It's also intrigue. It's just it's the it's intrigue. I want to see how he is. Yeah, me too. And those, those Japanese pitchers are very fun to watch because it's very, in some ways, they're similar the way that they have certain models of craftiness, but there's also nuance to it where there's just, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just when you- They seem like they're enjoying themselves and they're I've like artists. Like a, they're they're, they're very creative. They're very creative. Whereas like, I mean, some American pitchers just look like robots on the mound, you know? Like same mechanics, same pitches. Where I feel like the Japanese pitchers have more flavor to them. It's just, it's more fun to watch. Like, Yu Darvish and Shohei Otani are so fascinating to watch pitch. And they seem like they're having a great time the whole time. They're not so serious, you know? Yeah. They're I'm like, gonna see- this is just a game. I'm going to have fun. Yeah. And I hope that's the same with. And the thing is, I feel like they just have such awesome pitch repertoires. They just go so deep. They can throw so many different pitches. I don't know if that's necessarily the case with Senga. But like they, they always have some sort of specialty pitch, the ghost fork ball. And and they just I don't know, I don't want to generalize Japanese pitchers overall, but when we see some of the examples of Japanese pitchers in Major League Baseball, they're some of the more fun pitchers to watch. And the bullpen for the Mets takes a huge, 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 huge hit without Edwin Diaz. They still have some decent guys. I don't think it's an awful bullpen. You know, David Robertson, Adam Onovino, they're 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 okay. Drew Smith is the guy candidates. that I think can be fine. Uh, Brooks Raley can be a solid lefty. It's just they don't. None of those guys have that shutdown ability that Edwin Diaz had. You know. Well, no one does. To be fair, no no <laughs> one does. But the, you're you're right. No one does. But none of these guys really come close. They lost. They don't have the flamethrower that, you know, you don't, if you, you don't need someone to throw high velocity to have a successful bullpen, but when all of your bullpen is more soft tossers, I don't know. I'm a little more apprehensive overall. I think this is a solid Mets team. I don't, I don't see the vision of them being a world series contender, but I think they're a playoff team with, you know, a solid lineup and solid rotation. Just don't think it's quite to the level of some of these other teams. Um, so I believe I went three for three in the AL podcast. I'm guessing who you have in first place. And I'm going to do it again. I think you have the Atlanta Braves in first for the NL East. Does this feel like um, a bounce back team? Because, I mean, they finished in second last year, and I bet that they were thoroughly disappointed in themselves for not winning the division i think this year they come back and they win the division with this absolutely stacked lineup acuna olsen riley harris albies murphy 
I mean, wow. Uh, they go out. They got uh, Nick Anderson, Lucas Lutke, Joe Jimenez. I think they got him in this offseason. Yeah, they did. Um, so they got the, the bullpen has gotten better after already being one of the best bullpens in baseball. That's really impressive to me. Um, the rotation? We'll, we'll see what, what happens with the rotation. I think they're dealing with some injuries, aren't they? Yeah, I believe um, Kyle, Kyle Wright is starting the year on the injured list, if I'm pretty sure. But this team is incredible, and it's very Astros-esque looking at this lineup in the sense that there isn't really a break because, like, the role players are just, like, obnoxious. Uh, for example, Sean Murphy is... I'd classify him as a role player on this team, you know? And yet... <laughs> he is one of the better catchers in baseball, and then you you also you have Travis Darno sitting on the bench. I mean, let's let's be real. This team is good. Uh, I'm one of the people who like the Braves. I don't think a lot of people like the Braves, but I have always been a big Braves guy, and I am looking forward to watching probably 30 Braves games this year. I have them winning 93 games, and uh, I I'm going to take a page out of your book. I think you also have them in first place. Well, you might be right. Uh, I also have the Braves in first place. I mean, what's not to like about the Braves? That lineup is awesome. Um, you have guys who have been successful from last year. I think the number one being Michael Harris the second coming out out of basically nowhere to you know have his rookie of the year candidacy. Uh, Austin Riley, for a while, we weren't sure if Austin Riley was really legit. At this point, I can confidently say he's one of the best offensive players at the hot corner. Matt Olson, he was a fantastic acquisition. You know, he's the the prototypical, prototypical first baseman. And then Sean Murphy. so good this year. Yeah, I think Sean Murphy was a huge ad. Pretty awesome. I mean, obviously, William Contreras was nice, but Sean Murphy's a complete catcher. And and if anything were to happen to him, if he needs some time off, you have Travis Darno behind him. And the one person I haven't mentioned yet, Ronald Acuna. Ronald Acuna was okay last year. He had a 114 WRC plus, but that's not Ronald Acuna's standard. He he's a guy that you expect to be in MVP conversations, but coming off of the torn ACL, it was obviously a bit of a struggle. But I think with a full offseason the ability to get a little more healthy. I think maybe not quite to the level of, you know, like a 160 WRC plus pure top hitter. I think he's going to be back though. I think he can be the best player on this team, be a superstar. And I'm I'm all in on Ronald Acuña bouncing back. The rotation I wouldn't, call, I wouldn't call sorry. I wouldn't call Acuña's season maker break, but I think that this is an extremely important for him. Yeah, I would agree. That's a good way of putting it. And I didn't mention Ozzy Albies. Albies, another solid player. You get to the rotation. Um, the depth is a little bit lacking with some of the injuries, but at the top, Max Fried is consistent as you're going to find in Major League Baseball. Spencer Strider, he is electric to watch pitch. He, similar to Michael Harris, kind of came out of nowhere. It's like the Braves farm system has been going down, you know, over the last several years after you've graduated some guys like Acuna but and, and Riley and Albies, but they just have these guys that you don't have to be, you know, highly regarded prospects on pipeline. They just produce them and they 
they absolutely ball out. Strider being one of them. I've always been a huge Charlie Morton guy. You know, as as he ages, you might not have the same front of the line stuff, but I I've always been a big Charlie Morton guy. I believe Jared Schuster is going to crack the rotation. They'll see what they can get out of him. Another young guy. Um, once you get Kyle Wright healthy, he had a he had an awesome year last year. You know, is it one of you know, the, the back end's not, there. there's some question marks to it in terms of health and possibly, you know, we don't know exactly where we're going to get Schuster, but that's a pretty solid rotation. And then the bullpen, I, I love the bullpen. I will say, sorry, I'm cutting you off again, but I just have to get this thought out. Uh, I don't think Charlie gets enough uh, credit being the ageless wonder. I've always been, a lot I, like I love Murray. Charlie Morton. I, I don't know why, but I love Charlie Morton. And then their bullpen is awesome. It is stacked, possibly the deepest bullpen in the sport. A.J. Minter, Joe Jimenez, Colin McHugh, Dylan Lee, healthy Kirby Yates, hopefully, healthy Nick Anderson, hopefully, Lucas Litke, a lefty option. And that's not even considering, you know, Rice Iglesias, who's going to be, who's going to be, you know, back hopefully from injury soon. And, uh, yeah, I'm all in on the Braves. I think the Braves are going to win the National League East and con- contend for, for the World Series. And I'd like to give a quick shout-out uh, to Will Tansel, big Braves fan, big enjoyer of the Red Shirt Pod. Uh, thank you, Will, for listening. Let's move to the Central, shall we? Uh, who do you have in the basement of the Central? It's a competitive race between the Pirates and the Reds, it feels, these days. I have the Reds winning the last-place battle, and... I guess in that sense, losing it, but for them, it's probably winning it for draft lottery uh, sake. Reds, 67 wins. Maybe for the first time in, since the COVID year, there's a little bit of reason to watch the Reds. Possibly Ellie De La Cruz, Spencer Steer, Christian Encarnacion Strand. Those are some names right there for you. Uh, I like those guys. They've got some young pitching. I mean, this team has some young talent. If kind of A's like if if they weren't just like tearing it down every year they had good talent this team could be a sneaky playoff contender but no thank you and they don't deserve to be talked about because of their ownership yeah it's <laughs> it's unfortunate the way that they've kind of the direction they've gone the lineup i mean I, there's not a ton that i love from the lineup at least to start the year we'll see what what jonathan india can do moving forward i obviously love will myers as you know padre fan but I, the, that lineup's pretty bad the rotation is more exciting hunter green coming back i wrote about him in in the breakdown article i i think big things are coming from hunter green nick ladolo also a guy with plenty of potential going into his second year graham ashcraft fun to watch as well and you mentioned the possibility of some young guys, uh, you know, breaking through. Hopefully, Ellie Dela Cruz will make the roster at some point. And yeah, no, the you put it well. There's there's a little more reason to watch them. Would I say that I'm gonna be tuned into every single Reds game or a majority of the Reds games? No, but there's at least a little reason to watch them. There, there. If there's a hundred green start on, I'll I'll turn on the Reds. But there's not that much to say about the Reds. I have I have them at the bottom of the. Screen. And I get that this is an insane thing to say after just saying that there's no reason like like we shouldn't support them. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Uh, if I had to say 
there would be one team like the 2022 Orioles would actually pick these guys because I think some of their prospects are incredible hitters. And like you could call up Ellie and Encarnacion Strand and they could be good big league hitters and the pitching's just good enough. I don't think it's going to happen, but I just want to say if we're going to see a team like what the heck, it's going to be these guys, which is a crazy take. I know. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. All right, fourth. There's upside. There's upside, yeah. Um, in fourth, I have the Pirates. Um, O'Neill Cruz, Brian Reynolds, uh, Brian Hayes' glove, and then uh, you can turn the TV off. The pitching, no thank you. Mitch Keller will be a guy this year probably, but boring. Uh, the bullpen weirdly has a few good pieces, but mainly anchored by David Bednar. Um, you got some prospects, but I don't think they have any guys that are necessarily like knocking on the door, kind of like their counterpart, the Reds, like what they don't have an Ellie De La Cruz, I don't think. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh baseball is pretty bleak right now. Yeah, I, I don't I don't love the Pirates. <laughs> I also have the Pirates in fourth. You kind of start with O'Neill Cruz. He's just so fun to watch. From there, it kind of tails off Brian Reynolds. Not really sure what the Pirates are doing the way that they're lowballing him with the extension offers. He's a he's a very good player that some of the, the what he's asking for is not unreasonable at all. He's totally worth it. From there in the lineup, I'm interested to see how Cabrian Hayes progresses. You know, they only if he's an average to slightly above average hitter, he's very valuable considering how fantastic he is defensively. Um, the Andrew McCutcheon homecoming is cool, but I don't, I don't know if that's gonna propel them to greatness. The rotation is pretty awful. When you have Rich Hill and Vince Velasquez slated to make a lot of starts, that's kind of all you need to say. I mean. Uh, Ronzi Contreras should be interesting to watch. The bullpen, David Bednar is a guy. And there are a couple intriguing guys, but there's just not there's not a ton to be super excited about. Um, one of the younger guys that I think could uh, get to the majors and have some playing time, Andy Rodriguez, their switch hitting catcher. He can play a, a number of places. I think he's someone that could be knocking on the door. But again, not a ton to say about the Pittsburgh Pirates, I think. Fourth possibly fifth you know i don't think i'm not i'm not expecting high things from from the pittsburgh pirates who do you have in third now um i think this might be new territory for these guys in terms of the last few years i got the milwaukee brewers i see a lot of people on twitter i think you've seen this too a lot of people are high on the brewers and i realized whoa i'm low on the brewers but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on course and I'm gonna be low on the Brewers because I don't really like like I don't there's not really a lot of juice in the lineup and then I don't really love the rotation it's like the Phillies rotation you know you have the two workhorses at the top and then I just hate the rest of it you know I I hate the bullpen too I don't really know why people are high on the Brewers it's Sorry, especially when um they aren't going to be able to there. I think they're losing a combined 21 games against the Cubs, Pirates and Reds. That will go a long way. 
I don't like the Brewers this year. I have them winning 77 games. Sorry, Joey Bonadonna, but it's just what's going to happen, man. Yeah. So this is our first slight shakeup. And third, I have the Chicago Cubs. I like the direction the Cubs are going in the sense that it's cool that they're spending money. These are teams that it's exciting for them to be spending money. They You might as well try a little bit. It won't kill anyone. But I don't know if I exactly love the way that they allocated that money. Uh, I'm a fan of Dansby Swanson, but I think that his production last year is pr- a little bit of an outlier to what hitter he is. It was his best season by far, and it was still just a 116 WRC+. plus. He's a useful player either way, e- even if he's not crushing the ball because he's so awesome defensively. I just don't know if his offensive production over the years is going to justify the contract he got. Um, I think Cody Bellinger was a no-brainer. Might as well take a flyer on him, see what you can get out of him. If he's, you know, has a resurgence, that's awesome. If not, so be it. Nico Horner and Ian Happ returning, those are two pretty solid players. Trey Mancini, an interesting pickup. Uh, I don't know why anyone would roster Eric Hosmer willingly, but so be it. I guess I'm, I'll kind of watch out of, I don't want to say out of hate, but <laughs> out of hate. Um, <laughs> The rotation, uh, and not to mention uh, Seiya Suzuki. I believe he's going to start the year on the IL, but Seiya Suzuki is a fun guy to watch, see how he can improve from last year. Had a pretty solid rookie campaign. think he'll continue to get better. Rotation, I don't love. Marcus Stroman at the front. He's uh, definitely a mixed bag. One could say a complicated fella. I like the signing of Jameson Tyone. I'm a big fan of his. And then from there, it's eh. Hayden Wisniewski. It'll be interesting to see. Like Boy, that guy. I like Hayden Wisniewski. It'll be interesting. I don't know. A little if preview can... to some picks, maybe for me. Say that again. A little preview to a pick for me, maybe Hayden Wisniewski. Perhaps, perhaps. I I don't know if he'll have a seamless transition, but I think he can develop into a solid pitcher. And then, I mean, a risk for sure. I mean, not a ton I love after that. The bullpen. Uh, Michael Fulmer is an interesting high upside guy, but there is no one that I really love. I mean, Alzale is okay. Alzale is solid. Alzale is solid. Merriweather pumps gas. We had a random conversation about him the other day. <laughs> we did. Um, but the Cubs are fine. They have a fine lineup with some upside. They have a you know decent rotation with a, a little bit of upside. And yeah, I th- I think they'll be decent. I have them in third, and I think they – I could definitely see them in second as well, but I, I have them in third. Um, My second-place team is the team that you just talked about, and uh, I will expand on my thought of um, – I really like Wisniewski. I think the Yankees are idiots, and I think that trading him for Scott Efros was hilarious – uh, roster mismanagement by the man himself, Brian Cashman. Um, but he's not going to make or break either of these teams' seasons, although going back to the AL, the Yankees could definitely use a pitcher. Um, yeah, I really actually kind of like this uh, Chicago Cubs starting lineup, and a lot of it comes in the fact that these guys, other than uh, the first baseman himself, number 51, Eric Hosmer, they hit the ball in the air, and that can be a curse some days uh, on a Wrigley summer day, but um, on other Wrigley summer days, you hit the ball in the air, and you are rounding the bases, so I think the Cubs 
get a little Rockies thing going on where I think they play really good at home. And I think they end up winning 82 games, which I think a lot of Cubs fans at that point would say, well, I just want to make the playoffs. But that being said, I still think Cubs fans would take a winning season. And I think that this team might be able to do it. Uh, Yeah, so Cubs there. You have the Cubs in second. We have the reverse on second and third. I have the Brewers in second. I echo basically all of your thoughts on that. I um, What you said about the Brewers. I don't see it with the Brewers. They've just continually got worse and worse as the years went on, and I think they're just a franchise going in the wrong direction. I I was a big fan of the Jesse Winker pickup. I think that was a good – he's a good buy-low candidate. Last year was a struggle, but we've seen what he's capable of doing, and he has some high upside considering he walks at a high rate. I'm a big fan of Willie Adamas, what he can do. And then, I don't know, I, with William Contreras, I like. I think some regression is inevitable, but he's a Absolutely. Pretty, he's one of the better hitting catchers, even with some regression. And then after that, there's just not a ton I love in the lineup. Yelich, you know, uh, uh, a little Good bit. for of, a ground ball or two. But he's, yeah, he hits too many ground balls, and he's just, he's a shell of what that MVP candidate was. And it's a bunch of just, eh, Rowdy Telez can, Rowdy Telez can swing a little bit. I'll give him credit. But then from there, Luis Arias, uh, Garrett Mitchell, Brian Anderson, Bryce Terang, they don't, they don't do a ton for me. I like, I obviously love Luke Voigt. I like, I think he can be, you know, a solid contributor, mainly off the bench or occasionally at the DH spot, but lineup doesn't do much for me. The rotation as always is nasty. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta. It's a sick front three. Then you throw in Eric Lauer, Wade Miley at the back of that. Um, and then you have more depth of that. I believe uh, Hauser and Ashby are starting on the injured list. But, you know, they, they are never short on pitching there. But my concern is it seems like they don't have any interest in keeping – well, they have some interest. It doesn't seem like they're making adequate progress towards keeping Burns around late. And we saw last year they traded Josh Hader while they were, you know, contending for a playoff spot. What's stopping them from trading Burns? I think it's very possible that Corbin Burns gets moved. Um, the bullpen is solid. And the thing is, they're one of the teams that I can trust them to have players uh, step up, even if we're not, you know, big on them going into the year. Devin Williams is a stud. Uh, I like Matt Bush. From there, it's not a it's not a ton of proven commodities necessarily, but again, I I trust them and their bullpen to be fine. Overall, I just think this is a very mid team, and I know that they're not going to build upon it. I know that they're not going to go out and make moves at the deadline. I know if anything, they're only going to sell. I know if anything, regardless of their record, unless they're like far and away winning the Central, they're going to sell a little bit. Like I said, I, I would not be shocked at all if Burns gets moved and or even someone like Willie Adamas. I the maybe the both just, the maybe Brewers the are bad Dodgers maybe the Dodgers recreate the twenty one trade of Scherzer and Turner and go get Adamas oh. Birds. Oh, don't don't put that energy into the <laughs> I, I just I, I'm just being honest, you know it, it's something that could happen. We don't need that at all. But yeah, so Brewers in second I, I don't see don't see playoffs for them. I think they're slightly above the Cubs, possibly just because their rotation is going to win them some games, but I don't feel passionately about one or the other. Um, and so I'm going to go with another prediction. I think that you have the St. Louis Cardinals winning the Central. My question is, uh, 
who doesn't have the St. Louis Cardinals winning the division? I mean, even if you're not a big St. Louis Cardinals fan, I, I don't think any of us really are. You, you still realize, okay, this team is going to win the division. And, uh, excuse me. Um, I think that the the Cardinals lineup is unbelievable. It's top three in baseball, maybe the best. Uh, Goldschmidt and Arenado. That's that's a that's a three and four. That's for sure. You add Wilson Contreras. That's ridiculous. I mean, you've got Tyler O'Neill in the sixth spot. You've got Tommy Edmond at the nine spot. Uh, I think Tommy Edmond will end up being their leadoff hitter, but just the resource I'm looking at has Brendan Donovan leading off. Uh, we'll see how long that stays. Um, and then a guy we've had a lot of discussions about him, Jordan Walker. I think. Over time, he will be good, but I don't think he's going to quite give the injection, uh, I guess, of power that people think he's going to put into this lineup. I don't I don't quite see it yet, but still intriguing because if Jordan Walker has like a Julio Rodriguez 2022 type breakout, then, uh, man, I, I don't I don't know who's stopping this team in the NL. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I also have. The Cardinals in first. Like you said, it's kind of hard not to. And the lineup, like you said, it's pretty stacked. Goldschmidt and Arenado is good of a duo, as you'll see at first and third. Uh, adding Wilson Contreras, obviously, is not the defender that you had with the Audier Molina, but I'll uh, I'll definitely take that offense. Uh, the outfield, you got some high upside with Tyler O'Neill. You're getting power there. Lars Newtbar, a lot of people like him as a breakout candidate. Tommy Edmund, he's not going to be the strongest bat you ever see, but he's a fantastic contributor with the glove, uh, being a high-contact guy, being able to get stuff done on the bases. He's he's a guy that any team would want to have. Jordan Walker, I am all on Jordan Walker. Um, <laughs> I think Jordan Walker, he might struggle a little bit out of the gates. Everyone I, does, I, though. I am all on Jordan Walker. I think he's going to be absolutely fantastic and buy – you know, by the time that, you know, we get to midseason towards the playoffs, I think he's going to look look like he's been in the pros for a while. I don't see – he's almost – I don't see any, you know, huge flaws in him. He can hit for power. He's able to make good contact. Um, I guess it'll be interesting to see him play right field because he's a third baseman by trade, but I'm I'm all aboard Jordan Walker. That That's a, as complete of a lineup as you're going to find. That's well, if, like – you have – uh, Walker... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. They're unstoppable if if Walker breaks out like he can. Like, yeah, I I, I think as a Padres fan, uh, you think they're the best team in the NL, and that's totally fair. But if Walker breaks out, I don't really care about the pitching. The lineup is like a WBC lineup. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, the rotation is leaves a little bit to be desired. You have Miles Michaelis has been pretty consistent. Monty, James, uh, Jordan Montgomery has done well since going to the Cardinals. Steven Matz is solid. None of them really blow you away. And the guy to look for is Jack Flaherty. We have not seen him consistently healthy. And when we have dating back to, you know, 2018, 2019, he was awesome. He looked like the bona fide ace, a guy that will be at the front of rotation for the Cardinals for a while. But it just, we, we haven't seen the health from him. 2021. Uh, he, you know, the, the numbers weren't awful, but he didn't look 
like himself. 2022, he threw 36 innings, walked nearly six guys uh, per nine. He has he has all the tools, but can he refine it? That's a big question. Because if he does, that is huge for the St. Louis Cardinals. Adam Wainwright will start on the IL, but he'll he'll come back at some point. The bullpen's pretty sick too. Ryan Helsley, Giovanni Gallegos, Jordan Hicks. You know the the depth there gets a little down. But man, the St. Louis Cardinals are good. I I don't see how one could pick against them in the National League Central, both because they're fantastic and also because I just don't see any of the other teams being viable challengers. Ninety four wins. Sure. Yeah, no, I didn't. 90, I didn't do wins, but ninety four. I, I think that I don't have them as it, but I, I'm. I wouldn't be shocked if they're the one seed. I also think that there's a good chance they could, and I know you'll probably agree that they could add a big, a big name pitcher at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they could decide to go get Sandy Alcantara back. No, I, I don't think they have the resources for that. But they maybe like a Walker. Maybe maybe like Zach Gallon. Yeah, well, be a cool guy. We'll we'll get to the Diamondbacks. I don't know. Uh, let's get to let's get to the West. Um, who do we have at the bottom? At the bottom, we have the team who has been at the bottom since probably like 2019. Maybe maybe they've been a little better. Uh, but it is the Colorado Rockies who finally seem to have a little bit of young talent, wouldn't you say? I mean, you know, the lineup is pretty old. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at their lineup right now, and they only have two guys under 29. But that's not, uh, you know, it's not to say that there isn't finally some guys that could actually come up from the farm system and start. Uh, they're starting with uh, El Huris Montero, I think is how you say his name. I could be saying it wrong, though. And then Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel Tovar. Those are the two young guys. Tovar is a, is a, is a big prospect for some people. People love that guy. Um, they signed Jerickson Profar, who... I don't think he's playing today, is he? I don't... I don't know. I know he was having some trouble. I haven't followed the Rockies that close, but he was having trouble, like, getting his visa right. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's playing today. Anyways, I'd rather talk about Jerks and Profar than talk about Chris Bryant. Uh, <laughs> Charlie Blackman anchoring a lineup in the three-hole. Uh, maybe not the best guy for the three-hole, but we'll we'll see uh, how that goes for the rest of the year. Yeah, I'm spending a lot of time talking about a team that is just kind of boring and not really a team that I'm going to want to watch. I have the winning 72 games and coming in last place. I have the Rockies in the last two. I'd say I hate just about everything with the Rockies. They have no clear direction. Their owner is an idiot uh, that shells out some money, but then actually doesn't have interest in like creating a strong team. That Nolan Arenado trade still baffles me to this day. The lineup... Charlie Blackman isn't the guy he once was, but let me tell you, if, when he's facing the San Diego Padres, he thinks he's Barry Bonds, so I hate that. So, the same can be said about CJ Crone. He's one of the more underrated power bats. Chris Bryant, if he stays healthy, we could see a resurgence. He played well when he played last year. He just only played in 42 games, and maybe it doesn't actually, maybe it's unfair to think of him just because of this, but he didn't hit a home run at Coors Field. I don't care if you play 42 games. That's kind of crazy. Um, Jerickson Profar ended up there. Don't think he got the lucrative deal. <laughs> he opted out. Uh, 
And then from there, I don't know. You you mentioned the prospects, Tovar, Montero, you know, whatever. They signed it random. Mike Moustakis being on the Rockies is just random, but kind of feels right. Rotation, I, I for their sake, I wish they got rid of Herman Marquez earlier. I think he can be fine, but his value will never be at where it was. They probably could have gotten a pretty nice return. Breland, eh. And, I mean, I don't really have a ton to say about that. The bullpen has a lot of Padres retreads. Uh, Daniel Bard is, you know, someone that's kind of fun. Pierce Johnson, Denelson Lamette, Brad Hand, all Padres retreads. Yeah, I don't I don't have much more to say about the Rockies. I'm not on them. I, I don't feel good about them now. I don't feel good about them moving forward. I think the Rockies are one of the worst franchises in Major League Baseball, which I don't think is a stretch. And, and just because we're doing this, um, the Colorado Rockies have every reason to win. The Colorado Rockies are in a market that loves their sports teams. They love the Nuggets. They love the Avs. They love the Broncos. You can 100% lure free agents to that place. I mean, it's not that they have, that they have struggled in that sense. But, like, you know, they could spend a lot of money. They could actually build a good organization from the ground up. But instead, Monfort just does what Monfort wants to do, and it is tough to watch. Well, Moving well, on. Look, people are people. They're consistently towards the top ten in attendance because it's a cool stadium. It's a cool place to be. So it's like Dick Monfort's like, okay, well, I'm able to generate this revenue. I'll sign Chris Bryant right now to pretend that I care. I mean, it's just it's bad baseball. And he was, you know, talking down on some of the you know, moves that the Padres are making. Spending money is good. You should be interested in spending money to try to win games. But whatever. We could go on and on about that. Who do you have in fourth? I have the Arizona Diamondbacks, and it kind of pains me to put them here. Um, But I think they're just a year away, I guess is how I'd put it. They're close and their lineup is all like it's a pretty solid lineup. There's not a ton of star power in the lineup. Uh at least as of right now there's not a lot of star power in it. Maybe some of the guys in the lineup will turn into superstars. Uh and honestly, I think one of these guys will have a ridiculously good year. That doesn't really matter. I still think they're just a little bit away from being a um being a wild card uh team because I think they'll be a contender. Uh but I really think the biggest problem for this team will be the pitching. It's still not fantastic. I mean Zach Davies is going to be starting games for them and for that I uh I just like think about this. If they start Zach Davies for even four games They'll, they'll probably lose three of them. And if they miss the playoffs by like two games, it's like, wow, because we started Zach Davies, we missed the playoffs, you know? Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be their downfall, unfortunately. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, fair enough. We move on. My fourth place team, I have the San Francisco Giants. And maybe this is kind of bold having them here. And obviously the Diamondbacks still on the board. Giants had a down year last year after winning, what, 111 games the previous year? Something insane like that. Something wild like that out of nowhere. I just don't love them. Their lineup is okay, but it's a lot of boomer bust. 
Um, a lot of pure platoon guys like Lamont Wade. It's solid, but he had a little bit of a down year last year. Jock Peterson's going to, you know, probably rake against righties, but he's limited against against lefties. Similar for Flores. Michael Conforto is the, you know, the big signing. See what they can get out of him. He's a guy I wrote about where his numbers overall are good. It's just it's hard to bank on a guy who had a full year off in the previous year. His power numbers were really down. I don't know what to expect from him. Uh, I'm not big on Brandon Crawford these days anymore. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with the catcher position. Uh, I believe Mitch, Mitch Hanniger is going to start the year on the IL. He's, I think he'll be a solid contributor when he's back. But there's nothing I really love about this lineup. It's very average. And the rotation, I like the top of it. Uh, Webb, I'm a big Logan Webb guy. I think he's an absolute stud. I think Alex Cobb is a solid middle of the rotation piece. Ross Stripling is a fine filler. But then I'm I'm not huge on Sean Manaya. As someone who watched him all of last year, I just don't I don't see the bounce back coming. And Alex Wood is fine, but I just think after Webb, it's a lot of very average. And the bull, the bullpen's awesome. Don't get it twisted. Camille Doval is sick. The Rogers brothers, solid tandem. Uh, no complaints about the bullpen. I just don't. I don't know. I think this is a very very mid team. I don't I don't see the Giants being a team that competes for the playoffs. I just, I really don't. Um, well, I'll continue the Giants discussion. I have them in third place. And uh, just to be, I guess, front here, I have them making the playoffs. And I don't really think that making the playoffs will be a product of them. I think it will be a product of the NL Central being mediocre and the Philadelphia Phillies having no pitching. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I don't like the giants. It doesn't make sense how they won 111 games, but at the, on the flip side, I don't think it makes any sense how they won a hundred games, a hundred plus games. And then just like, weren't very good last year. I think they find some sort of middle ground this year. Cause like, I trust the giants. Uh, I trust the giants philosophy, I guess. I think that's a smart organization. And uh, I just think they'll find a way to string together some wins in the later part of the summer. And I think they'll win 84 and get in, which uh, would be, I don't know if I'd call it lucky, but it'd definitely be like fortunate. Uh, I like David VR a lot. Uh, I think maybe this could be the year for Joey Bart. I love Jock Peterson. I think Jock Peterson is going to have a really big year. Maybe Lamont Wade can go back to being uh, late night Lamont, although not late night Lamont, like uh, 8.55 p.m. Lamont because the pitch clock. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the Giants are certainly fascinating because I want to see if they can maybe actually win this year because they didn't really do a lot of it last year but they did a ton of it the year before. Yeah, so third, I have the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm all in on the Diamondbacks. I think they might not quite be to playoff level, but I think they are going to be one of the most exciting teams to watch in baseball. I like their lineup a lot. I think you have the young guys, Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas. There might be a little bit of an adjustment period, but I think as the year goes on, they'll get comfortable, be mainstays in that lineup. I thought getting Lourdes Gurriel... Was a was a big move. He's a pretty consistent bat. Christian Walker is one of the more underrated guys. I think he's 
you know, has some net needed power there. Catel Marte, you know, he's been up and down and up and down. I th- I think he'll get back towards, you know, his be- the better version of himself. Uh, Gabe Moreno, I'm a, I'm a big Gabe Moreno guy too. There are just a lot of high upside guys on this team, and that doesn't mean that they're going to be, you know, uh, that they're no sure thing. But that's not even mentioning Kyle Lewis, who if you're talking about high upside, Kyle Lewis, we haven't really seen him since his 2020 rookie of the year if that guy shows up there they have a lot of options that's not even mentioning you know the jake mccarthy's of the world or uh i believe carson kelly is starting the year on the aisle i don't know exactly his timeline i think it's a while is it yeah I'm, i'm not i'm not certain with that one i just think there's a lot of intrigue in this lineup and the rotation as it stands, not fantastic top to bottom. Zach Allen, stud. Merrill Kelly, patriot that loves this country. Uh, <laughs> I, I I do, all, all things considered, I like Merrill Kelly. Bumgardner and Davies is unfortunate, and hopefully as the year, year goes on, you don't have to pitch him. But the reason that I, I like the rotation is I really like some of their younger guys. I like, uh, I don't, I don't want to butcher his name, Brandon Fott. I, I had a debate about that at a spring training game with my father, and we never got to a good conclusion. Okay, so I'm going <laughs> to leave that as is. Um, and I don't know. I just – Dre Jameson as well. I think the upside is so there. The upside is totally there. I'm, I'm, buying, I'm buying the Diamondback stock. I think they'll – run out of gas a little bit or maybe fall fall in a hole to begin with. I don't think they're quite to the point where they're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be exciting. And those young guys in that lineup are going to provide energy. It's a matter of, I kind of agree with what you were saying about like, look, like they need to, Zach Davies needs to start a couple games and then call it a career because he is bad. Terrible. <laughs> right. Madison Gardner is also bad. <laughs> That's Yes. Uh, but at least he's not quite Davies terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, move to second place. Let's hear it. I've got the San Diego Padres. Um, Cameron Cruz, if you're listening, you can't be a fan. Uh, the Padres are in for yet another year of being the Padres. Uh, what will we get? Will we have drama with uh, the diva Fernando Tatis Jr.? I'm just kidding. I like Tatis a lot. Uh, But I think maybe ever so slightly shades of 21 in the sense that could this team be dangerous and miss the playoffs? I don't think so, but I'm going to tell you why I'm talking about this. Because I don't love the pitching. The pitching scares me a lot, and I love the lineup, but the lineup depth isn't fantastic. I think this team wins 91 games and gets in the playoffs pretty comfortably because I don't think that the NL is that competitive in the middle. And I think these guys are at the top of the NL, but I just mean in general, I don't think they're going to have a lot of pressing competition. Um, and I think you you will agree with this. This team could get into regular season lulls. Just the way that they're built, they're not extremely deep. The starting pitching uh, after the top three isn't... or Yeah, like the top three isn't absolutely fantastic. Uh, but if you get this team into the playoffs, they are maybe the most dangerous team in the in the league, you know? Yeah. Uh, second, I have the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
the Dodgers have consistently been the favorite, or at least one of the favorites, going into the year to win the World Series, come out of the National League. And this year, they kind of, you know, they lost some guys to free agency, and they didn't exactly fill their spots with high-profile guys. The lineup is still pretty solid towards the top. You're not going to see anyone complain about Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith. Okay, but then that, I will. <laughs> well, with, with those three, you know, but then from there, it is a steep drop-off. And Max Muncy, I think Max Muncy is returning to form. We saw him improve towards the back end of last year. But then from there, I mean, Trace Thompson was solid, but do you count on Trace Thompson to be an everyday? I wouldn't. Uh, I, I think Miguel Vargas is going to have an impressive, impressive run. It might take a little bit to get into it, but he should be solid. Miguel Rojas is a defense first guy. He'll be fine there, but he's not going to give you a, t- a ton of impact on the lineup. JD Martinez isn't who he used to be. I don't think the power numbers are going to be there like he did in his prime years of Boston, but you know, it's okay. You're basically replacing Justin Turner with him. I don't think that's a huge difference. I think David it's a little Paul- bit of an upgrade. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a little bit of an upgrade. David Peralta, the upside is there. David Peralta has had success before, and we know the Dodgers are, you know, have a knack for getting the best out of guys. Um, Chris Taylor, a good utility guy, but not, I I don't know. They have some young guys knocking on the door. James Altman could, you know, come up and play a big role as the year, uh, progresses. He made 26, I think. I think he made the 26. Okay. Well then he'll have some value there. Pitching is pretty solid. And that's not obviously Gavin Lux going down for the year. Uh, that's pretty brutal. He was a guy that I think. I would have seen it as a possible breakout candidate, and the Dodgers definitely did when they let Trey Turner go. Rotation's still pre- pretty dang good. Julio Arias, uh, I think there's going to be some inevitable regression, but he's still a solid frontline starter. Clayton Kershaw, uh, he's going to continue to get it done. From there, I think, uh, uh, I believe Tony Gonsolin, I don't, did he make the 26th or is he starting the year on the I.L.? He is starting the year on the IL. He has a sprained ankle. Okay. When Gonsolin's back, I have him, you know, similar to Urias. I think there's going to be a little bit of regression, but that's less because I think he's bad, just more because it's hard to replicate the season that he had. No Walker Bueller sucks. And then you get uh, Dustin May. Hopefully a full year of him will be pretty nice. That would be be a positive. Uh, Ryan Pepio has shown some flashes. The Dodgers hold him in pretty high regard. He's going to have to cut down on the walks to be successful. Then Noah Syndergaard, I don't really see it with him when he's not throwing high velocity. I mean, it's the Dodgers, and maybe they can carve it out, but I'm not. You know, if he's your 5-6. There's no fixing Syndergaard, man. If he's your 5-6, it's whatever, but I don't I don't think there's the, the unlocking Syndergaard anymore. Bullpen, it's as good as it always is. Evan Phillips has come out of nowhere. He's awesome. Vesia is a high leverage lefty. Gratterall is, you know, the bowling ball. He somehow hit a little bit, which I can't comprehend. Phil Bickford, Yancy Almonte. Uh, that's not to mention, I mean, some of their guys that are going to start off on the IL. The, the Dodgers are a dang good team. They just aren't as purely stacked as they've been in the last couple years. And that's not to say that they won't go out and make a big move on the trade market or, you know, maybe they're. They're saving, you know, speculating on saving that money for for Otani. I don't think that's exactly, I I don't know. I mean, time will tell. But Dodgers are solid. They're a playoff team. But I I think this is the year that they, I guess technically they got dethroned by the Giants a couple years ago. But that was like, 
I don't know. With they that was within one game. I think this is the year they get dethroned and we have a new division champion. Um Yeah. Uh they are my first place team. Um and I'm I'm not really gonna expand on them that much. You you did enough talking about them. Uh I, I would basically just be reiterating what you were saying. But I don't I just think they're gonna win uh win the division. Just because I kind of almost trust the Dodgers' ability to, like, number one, they're going to play the waiver wire well. They always do. I know that sounds like I'm talking about, like, fantasy football. But, like, seriously, the the, the Dodgers, like, find gems. Uh, and, and they'll probably find, like, a bullpen arm there. And then they always do. they'll probably they'll call up one of their starters, like Gavin Stone, and he'll be, like, rookie Bueller. And then at the deadline... They'll be like, all right, we have so much talent. We're going to go trade for a bat or two or three. And then it's going to be August 15th, and you're going to be like, whoa, the, the Dodgers are still the Dodgers. So that's why I have them winning it all. Or not, I don't have them winning it all, winning the division. Um, So, yeah, uh, the Dodgers, good team, uh, but not a great team. They're the, They're the most, I guess... They're the most human they have been in a long time. That's a good way of putting it. I like that. Um, as you may be able to guess, I have the San Diego Padres winning the National League West. Um, wow, this lineup is beautiful. I, I mean, I could never have dreamt of the Padres having this sort of star power, really being to the point where they're talked about nationally. People think that they can win a World Series it's just, it feels too good to be true. The top three, Xander, Soto, Machado, that's awesome to begin with. And then we get a guy named Fernando Tatis Jr. back in the lineup after 20 games. That's as as elite of a top four as you're going to find it, like, consistently, year in, year out. After that, the lineup thins out a little bit, but I like Jake Cronenworth. He's a reliable guy. He's not going to put up, you know, uh, eye-popping numbers, but he fits well as a role guy. You need a big hit. He's always been there. He's the one who who took down the Dodgers with his big single in the playoffs. Or Yeah, it's a single. Uh, I like the DH tandem of Carpenter and Cruz. Uh, I don't know if Cruz is... I don't know if... Uh, or rather, Carpenter is going to put up a Lin Sanity run like he did with the Yankees last year, but I think he can be a solid platoon with Cruz. Uh, ha Sung Kim defense first, obviously, at second base. Um, the catching, I don't expect a ton from Nola and Camposano. Grisham's an interesting guy because he's going to give you great defense, but he looked lost last year at the plate. We'll see if he can improve just a little bit, and just a little bit of improvement would, would go a long way for this team. The rotation, I think you put it very well. That top three, assuming, you know, Joe Musgrove is back shortly from his injury where he dropped a weight on his foot. The top three is pretty sick. Hugh Darvish is as consistent as they come. Blake Snell is not as consistent as they come, but when he's on, he's one of the hardest pitchers to face. When he's off, he's one of the hardest pitchers to watch. Um, And Joe Musgrove has proven himself to be a frontline starter, um, an absolutely awesome acquisition for the Padres. After that, it gets dicey. Because you have a weird spot where you have Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo, who've had great success success out of the bullpen, but the, their results as a starter has been so-so. So seeing them 
in more of a guaranteed starter role. It'll be interesting to see how they fare and how how much length they can get out of them. After that, Michael Walker, I think, is a nice back-end signing of the Padres, trying to go with that uh, six-man rotation to begin the year. And they have some they have some pitching depth as you go down. You have, you know, not necessarily a ton of guys that you want to be starting meaningful games necessarily, but Jay Groom, uh, Reese Kinnear, Julio Tehran, those are some, you know, fine options at the back end if, if injury strikes. But the rotation... Rotation is a little bit concerning over the length of 162. Bullpen, I'm always a big fan of this bullpen. You have a, that's a pretty lockdown back end with Hayter, uh, Luis Garcia. When you get Rob, Robert Suarez is going to start the year on the IL, but shouldn't hopefully be out too long. It's a pretty dang good bullpen. And overall, I mean, I'm obviously I have some bias, but man, this is a fun Padres team that this the you know the. The ceiling is limitless. The this team can win a World Series. This team can win the National League West. And at this point, Peter Seidler has proven that he doesn't really care about money. And so, who's to say that they don't make a big addition at the deadline? They, yeah, but it, with what assets? Uh, I mean, I think you could see a guy like Jackson Merrill. I think Jackson Merrill could be moved, considering he's pretty blocked. That's the main guy. After that, it's a little. You're after that. The assets are a little limited, but they find ways. It would be my big thing. Like I don't think I don't think you could get a certainly not that there's you know a, a Juan Soto on the market, but you're not going to get necessarily that like big. A of guy that I could see them going for like is uh, maybe one of the Blue Jays catchers, but yeah, I and I, I, don't... I think they'll be in the market for probably not a true frontline starter, but a another starter possibly. And you mentioned they're going to be tough in the playoffs. They're set up well for the playoffs when you can go mainly Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, um, and you can use Martinez or Lugo in more of a swing role. That's pretty cool. I mean, I could talk for days about the San Diego Padres. I have them winning the National League West. That concludes our breakdown of each division. Um, Noah, what? who do you have making the playoffs? Um. All right. So my playoff teams, I have the one seed Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, I have the two seed St. Louis Cardinals, the three seed Atlanta Braves. Uh, my first wildcard team is the Padres, obviously. My second wildcard team is the Mets, which would be the Padres-Mets rematch. And my sixth wildcard team is the Giants. All right, so for me, I have the San Diego Padres uh, leading the regular season win total, then the Atlanta Braves, St. Louis Cardinals, then we get to the wild card. I have the Los Angeles Dodgers, New York Mets, and Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, So that's my playoff picture. And who do you have ultimately coming out of the National League representing this league in the World Series? Uh. My NLCS is the Cardinals versus the Dodgers, and I have the St. Louis Cardinals winning it in six and representing the National League in the World Series. <laughs> All right. I mean, why not? Uh, believe it or not, I have the San Diego Padres representing the National League West. They're just be- so built so beautifully for the playoffs, I think. You know, they usually let me down. I'm obviously have some bias to it, but they they have the makings of a team that can make and win the World Series. I'm I'm all in on the Padres for for better or for worse. I'm I'm in. I'm ready to have my heart broken. 
Um, so let's we can parlay that into talking about some awards. Starting off, National League MVP. My National League MVP is going to be the best third baseman in baseball, Nolan Arenado. I think he proves it this year, and I think that he wins the National League MVP. And my dark horse is the Arizona Diamondbacks' own Corbin Carroll. That's a dark horse for you. I don't think you're going to see a lot of people saying Corbin Carroll could be an MVP candidate, but I will. Fair enough. Um, my MVP, Juan Jose Soto Pacheco. Juan Soto is awesome, and he still performed at an above-average rate once being traded to the Padres, but it felt like a disappointment because with him, you expect him to be one of, if not the best hitters in baseball up there with the likes of a Jordan Alvarez um, in terms of what he can do as a pure hitter. I think he's going to have a monster year. Like, I think, like, up there, 170, 175 kind of WRC+. plus. He's awesome. He is so good. And the fact that he's a San Diego Padre is so cool. I think Ronald Acuna is going to be my runner-up. I was talking about how I think he can get back to that form. These are two guys that we expected Acuna and Soto to be, you know, fixtures consistently in this MVP race. It's, you know, they've taken turns, Juan Soto on a new team, Acuna coming back from injury. But those are, I think, both awesome guys. The Dark Horse, I believe he was my Dark Horse last year, uh, staying with the Braves, Matt Olson. The guy can slug it. I don't know if the positional value will lead to him actually being able to win it. But Matt Olson's awesome. I think he's going to have a fantastic year at first base. So that we can we can move to Cy Young now. Um, My NL Cy Young is Sandy Alcantara, a repeat. Uh, I just... I just love the volume and the efficiency that you get with his volume. And my dark horse is Zach Gallen. Uh, my Cy Young, I have Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns is so fun to watch pitch. He is an artist being able to locate. He's able to rock that uh, sinker cutter combo. It's, Man, he's just it, it's such a he, he's such a student of the game the way that he's able to craft success. Uh my runner up I have Zach Wheeler. I was gushing over him earlier. He's able to give you uh tons of innings. He's a power pitcher that has had success in Philly. I think he'll continue to do it. And my dark horse, and this is like a really really dark horse. I'm not I'm kind of going out way on a limb. You said Zach Allen from the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm saying Merrill Kelly from the Diamondbacks. So <laughs> if the Diamondbacks have the season that I think they're going to have in terms of being third and being competitive, it's probably going to mean that someone's going to have to step up that we might not think of. And that means Merrill Kelly having a sick year again, very, very deep dark horse. And I respect it, but he looked like a puppy in the WBC. So I don't know if a guy like that can, uh, can win a Cy Young. Sometimes it's tough when you're, when you're representing your country, I think it's, you know, sometimes you get blinded by, by the patriotism. So I'm again, dark, dark, dark horse. Merrill Kelly. <laughs> um, so we can round it out now. Rookie of the year. Um, my dark horse uh, MVP uh, will be my rookie of the year, Corbin Carroll. Pretty easy for me. Uh, if I'm big on the guy on the MVP race, then obviously my rookie of the year. And I'm going to go with two dark horses because rookie of the year is kind of 
I guess tough to say, but uh, one guy is Ellie De La Cruz. If Ellie De La Cruz gets up in an efficient uh, matter, I think that Ellie, I wouldn't say will run away with it, but uh, he is going to mash in that ballpark. And then my other uh, dark horse is the guy we talked about maybe 25 minutes ago, Hayden Wisniewski. Or Wisniewski. Or, yeah, that's how you say his name, Wisniewski. Um, he is my other dark horse rookie of the year candidate. Yeah, so for me, and a rookie of the year, you heard me talking about him. I just absolutely love him. Jordan Walker, he is a stud. He is the next great power power hitter, overall complete hitter. I think the sky is the limit for that guy. And same, like I don't, I, I don't love labeling like runner up necessarily, but because rookie of the year is weird. But te- I have Kodai Senga as my runner up. You know, the volume might not be there, and I think he might hit some snags, but he should overall be a pretty solid pitcher for the Mets. My dark horse is James Outman from the Dodgers. The Dodgers are going to need those contributors. He's a guy that I think could easily fill in for the outfield and uh, have an impact. The Dodgers always have those guys that are able to step up, and I think that can be James Outman. He's had some success in his limited uh, experience in the bigs. I think he'll he'll be a nice piece for the Dodgers. And I believe that will just about conclude our National League preview podcast, thus completing our entire MLB <laughs> preview podcast. Um, did I miss anything, Noah? Do you have anything further to add? We, we didn't quite hit our goal as Jack Peterson's facing Garrett Cole right now. But we, we got slightly close. Over. We, are we in got the close. Giants, Yankees, Braves, Nationals are both in the top of the first. So uh, Actually, the middle of the first, the Braves just sit into a double play, I think. Okay, fantastic. Either way, <laughs> considering our nature to be able to go really long, we could have done both leagues for like three hours. I'm going to take this as an overall win. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we, we timed it fine. But we're we're going to see most of it. I mean, the pitch clock, maybe it'll be over by the time we finish this in five, not even five, in like 45 seconds, but I don't know. Um, Man, I just, I love baseball. Baseball is so awesome. <laughs> I'm uh I'm excited to watch the Angels struggle. That's that's, that's gonna be fun. Is, I mean, that's the thing about baseball is it's like it's like drugs. It's like you <laughs> you go without it, but you just are crazy. Like especially when you're talking about the Angels, and I mean same with the Padres. It's like you you're like thank God the season is over. I can't deal with it's just and then it's just the intrigue of like, baseball. You get to like November, December, and you're like I cannot live without these people. And then you get back into the endless cycle of like wow, this is painful. This is hurting my mental health. And it's just be- that's the beautiful thing about baseball because that's what I wrote in my intro for all of the articles uh, for each division. You guys should check it out. Is baseball starting today? Starting about ten minutes ago. It's basically gonna be on every single day from now until about Halloween. And you just don't get uh-huh. anything like that in other sports. And uh, the other thing is I think that the pitch clock will make watching other games just more enjoyable, even for you and me who are who are really big baseball fans. I just I think it's it's just going to make the experience a little better because the game's just going to have more pace to it. You know, you're going to know that you're not going to be in the, the lull of watching guys stand around, look at each other. There's going to be action. Yeah, I think it like you're kind of alluding to, it means a lot more for watching other teams. Like for me, I could spend five hours watching the Padres. I don't really care. But when in terms of getting more outreach to look watching baseball as a whole, like I'm gonna be more interested in watching other teams if it's not a three and a half hour commitment. Um, so I think 
there might need to be some modifications to the pitch clock system moving forward, but overall, I, I think it's a good move. And, uh, yeah, that, I believe, will conclude this episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. As always, the blog, a lot of new blog content. Like I said, six new articles with information for all six divisions, every single team. Um, so check that out, the redshirt.blog. Redshirtresurgence.com. What'd you say? Red shirt resurgence. Red red shirt is hot. We had a little red shirt kind of went like the way baseball season is. We went a little quiet during the off season. And now, you know, as we got to spring training, we got some some March Madness content. And here we are, baseball. Baseball going crazy. Um, so check that out. The red shirt dot blogger, the red shirt dot Uh the Instagram at the dot red shirt. That's where I'll post for new blogs, new podcasts. The same can be said for the Twitter. Uh, I do my best to post updates there. Twitter's gotten a little more active. I for a while Twitter was a little. That doesn't mean I necessarily tweet as much like of substance, but I, I at least tweet when there are new blogs and podcasts now. So we you you know you take what you can get, I suppose. Um, and yeah, Noah, thank you very much for coming on. I always look forward to this preview, and I know mm-hmm. we really have we kind of do these previews on our own in discussion, but then to like put it in a formal setting, it's like. It's always a good time, so I appreciate it. Yep. And that'll conclude this episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.